right, this is Dave Rowe. Welcome to the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. We're going to change things up a little bit here. Normally, we have members of our broadcast crew, some of our friends in the media, talking about Calgary Stampeder football and Calgary Stampeder players. This time around, though, Jock Wilson is going to talk to a member of the crew about himself, about how he got here. We catch up with veteran broadcaster and Hall of Famer Mark Stephen. He tells us his story of how he ended up at the play-by-play chair. have some fun today on the Calgary Stampeder podcast, as a matter of fact, because, you know, we're going to focus in on the play-by-play team and the broadcast team for the Calgary Stampeders here at 770 CHQR. And to kick it off, you know, who better than the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, a guy that has been the voice of the Calgary Stampeders for 24 seasons. And of course, Mark Stephen and Greg Peterson have been a team in the Canadian Football League, the longest serving play-by-play team in the Canadian Football League for 23 seasons. That, that really is remarkable. Mark Stephen is a Hall of Fame broadcaster. And, of course, we're very fortunate to have him as part of our team here on 770 CHQR. Mark, how you doing, man? Oh, good. Very interesting. be fun to look back and do some yes. reminiscing. Well, uh, let's take you back. H- how did you first become the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Stampeders 24 years ago? Well, at the time, uh, they were uh, had the rights for the first four years, and I was sort of the host of them and uh, did some of those responsibilities along with Bill Powers. They decided they wanted to have a, a play-by-play person uh, that was employed by the station. That happened to be me. So uh, there we were in the spring of 1996. Uh, I came on board and uh, became the play-by-play broadcaster. So you're saying there's a chance for me to become the, uh, the play-by-play voice because I'm the host now. That's right. Who knows? <laughs> no, no, so, no you know what? Too, so you know what, Mark? I'll stick to hosting because, uh, you know, being a play-by-play announcer, there's an art to it. And I, I have tried it before. And I t- I'll tell you this. It, it's not for me. It's, it's, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not very good at it. Uh, so you never have to worry about me uh, taking your job. Okay. That, is, that is for sure. But uh, why, why, why did you become a play-by-play voice? So, you know, because it, it, does it just come natural for you or, or how hard have you had to work at it? Well, I'd say it's a fair bit of work to get better at it, but the actual skills, I guess, just like everybody else growing up watching uh, different events, different games, different things, everybody likes to be a part of it in some way. It was very clear very early on I wasn't going to be a part of it as a participant, I can tell you that, if I did the next best thing. So I guess I just enjoyed it. And yeah, I guess uh, I have a certain knack that uh, uh, game just seems to lay out in front of me, whatever game it is. Uh, I won't say easy, that's too uh, flippant of a word, but there's just uh, synergy when you just watch a game. I can sort of pick out what's going on and uh, get a feel for it. Yeah, no, I think that's important. So so let's let's go back to your very first season because you weren't teamed up with Greg Peterson. Your very first color guy was, you know, Marshall Toner. Um, mm-hmm. uh, t- tell me a little bit about that connection. Well, you know, obviously I knew Marshall just as a player and that, but uh, when I got into the booth, we started to uh, work together. And, uh, you know, he uh, was a relatively recently retired player at the time. Uh, you know, many of the guys that were still on the team at that time were his teammates, although those numbers started to dwindle fairly quickly. He had a you know six-year career in the CFL, so he enjoyed it. He's a very bright and articulate guy, but uh, after one year, he just realized it was too much. He had a business career and just uh, didn't find it was going to uh, mesh, so he just said, I can't do it anymore, and uh, we met over at the old Spombos, and he told me 
that. So, uh, hmm. you know, I appreciate and respect that because, uh, you know, it does require a certain commitment and a certain amount of flexibility. So he, uh, at the time, uh, you know, had it, but then uh, time, life and circumstances changes and he had to uh, move on. That's why it's so unique that you have this relationship now with Greg Peterson for 23 years, because as you mentioned, Marshall, you know, had a, had a very successful career in business here in the city. And, and I look at Greg Peterson, he's a lawyer. Uh, and yet, 23 years, he has been, you know, your partner in that broadcast booth. So, so how did that come together? And, and, and just talk about the connection that you have with Greg. Well, two things. Uh, first of all, I just want to speak about how remarkable it really is. I mean, uh, you know, in 2019, we can largely take our office on the road. You know, so there's a lot of things you can do. And his law company has auxiliary offices and branch offices uh, all around the country. So he's able to drop in there. So anybody who thinks he's going there for a holiday or just to hang out is wrong. He uh, often leaves news conferences and goes right to the office. So that's number one. And number two, uh, you know, he's very easy to get along with, but knowing him and, uh, you know, just an opportunity to sit down and talk with him. He's engaged in football. He's engaged in everything. And that, from that point on, we just talk uh, – relatively constantly, uh, you know, particularly in season and uh, get together socially from time to time to time. And, and, and 23 years strong with Greg Peterson. And I'm sure there's, there's, there's some growing pains because you do have to develop a chemistry, don't you? Oh, yeah, and it was for Greg. He hadn't uh, done anything quite like that. Remember, he'd been on the crew as the sideline reporter and post-game host, so he had been associated with it, but this is totally different, sitting in the booth, watching every play and, you know, uh, breaking everything down. Uh, you know, I guess at first he was a football player doing some broadcasting, and I guess you have to become a broadcaster that used to play football. There is a big difference, and he's, uh, you know, spanned the gulf there. It's not easy uh, when all you know is what you've been listening to from Wally Buono and Bob Vespasiani for years and what happened on the field. I mean, it's obvious to him, it's obvious to you, but, uh, you know, a three-week cloud isn't obvious to me or many of the listeners, so you have to learn how to interpret that. Uh, Tell me a typical prep week for Mark Stephen, the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, when you're preparing for a game. Well, I guess uh, it's kind of ongoing. I guess, you know, you figure out who the next opponent is and you draw off your lineup cards. I do about as much as I can ahead of time, uh, particularly with the opponents. And then, uh, you know, amend anything you have to when the uh, uh, team releases its roster. So you follow that and uh, you talk to players. I do go to virtually every practice and talk to the coaches and players about what's going on there and uh, hear their thoughts on it. Uh, Watch as much as you can and uh, just get a feel for what's going on. And then you, you you know, sit downstairs and put some notes together. It's better to have a few, my theory is a few too many notes and a few too few. But at the same time, you got to be selective about it too. You don't want a stats-choked broadcast. You still want to have, uh, you know, stats that matter and uh, insights that matter. And, uh, you know, some personal anecdotes too. Uh, learn a little bit about that, about who did what and, uh, you know, who played against who and just uh, some different superstitions. And a lot of it's by osmosis. Some of it you don't even know you're processing. But uh, in a day, or a time or a circumstance a few months later you can just uh, spew it out and uh, uh, there it is so uh, a lot of different things a lot of different anecdotes so it keeps you going I I can't really say there's a a stop and a start it's just uh, getting up and uh, getting to work on it and keeping abreast of everything going on you are rare and I'll even say unique because you were born and raised right here in Calgary and and, and not many Calgarians can say that as far as I'm concerned Uh, I think that is kind of uh, cool from that standpoint
standpoint. Uh, for the people that, that don't know the career path to Mark Stephen to get into the Canadian football, you've had a very interesting, you know, broadcasting career and, mm-hmm. you know, where you went to university and what you took in university. So, so give me the Mark Stephen story. Well, we'll go right back. You mentioned about, uh, we'll go to the beginning before we jump into that stuff. Uh, the first uh, Stampeder game uh, I went to, at least that I remember anyway, was uh, the 1966 Labor Day Classic against, you guessed it, the Toronto Argonauts. Don't tell me why. But, uh, and I was mad that Eagle Day had been let go by the Stampeders and, uh, you know, was now an Argo. I found out after the fact that uh, the Stampeders were so unhappy that he couldn't get them to the next round of the playoffs. But I, I just thought it was a traitorous act at the time. But anyway, so I went there and uh, a bunch of us were chanting in the stands, go Stamps, go. And I, when I got home, I asked my mom if, uh, you know, Eric Bishop had mentioned us on the radio. I thought that would have been the biggest deal ever that we're all chanting go stamps go i doubt he did i doubt he even heard us but my mom said yes so that was a big deal and uh, but apparently whether it's true or not we made the radio so then yeah just uh, interested in all that kind of stuff uh you know went through uh, high school and uh in the university worked at the university radio station there and then uh heard of uh, and did some stuff at the uh, calgary albertan now defunct and then uh heard there was a weekend part-time opening at what is now uh, CTV Calgary, then CFCN, and when they were 1060, uh, now there's some other station, I don't even know what they do, but uh, it was a big sports department, and they needed a fourth, and uh, I was here, and I was connected, and uh, that's where it went, so uh, wow. went from there. Now, play-by-play, play, you I know you've done the Calgary Cannons, I know you've done a lot of uh, you know high school basketball, yeah. uh, obviously we know you are the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, hockey, have you ever done hockey play-by-play? Yeah, I did the junior hockey as well with okay. the uh, Wranglers. I did a few years with them uh, okay. uh, when Mike Vernon was on the team as well. He was uh, obviously the star of stars and got very, very lucky. They uh, thought they were just going to give me a few games, just to, you know, something to do for the young guy. Well, that year the Wranglers caught complete fire and went to Game 7 of the league finals before losing to Victoria. Had they pulled it off, it would have been maybe the greatest upset to this day, even in the history of the Western Hockey League, because I think that Victoria team had about 12 guys that played in the NHL. So, anyway, that was, that was the most hockey I did. They thought they were just throwing me a little bone just to entertain <laughs> me, and all of a sudden the team was within a goal of going to the Memorial Cup that year. So uh, did a fair bit of that as well. So uh, that, that was very exciting, uh, very enjoyable, but it uh, you know just didn't uh, carry on. I guess the station elected not to do them after uh, mm-hmm. uh second third season actually that i did them so what's tougher hockey play-by-play baseball play-by-play basketball play-by-play or football play-by-play well probably hockey because of the continuous action that would be the 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 lone difference uh the action is so continuous even you know even basketball has more stops and starts football has more stops and starts uh, baseball is a little different because of the long gaps, but uh, you have to, you know, uh, bring the crowd into the game and everything. So it's very difficult from a broadcast point of view, but as a game, it's not as tough as the others to do. Uh, hockey, because the action is a little more continuous than the others, but with football, you've got to be right on top of it because it's uh, so much happening in such a short period of time on any one play. Okay, uh, you and I have been in this business for for a long, long time, and uh, you know I, I I I'm closing in on on over 35 years. Uh, I, I think you're about the same, right? Yep, 
that's probably a little more, but that's uh, there, story there, hey, there you go. So, so we're both 35 plus from that perspective. I, I must admit, uh, I, I've had my my great moments. I've had my embarrassing moments. So let's let's first of all talk about you know your your most memorable moments. As a as a you know, we may as well focus in on the play by play. And I don't care if it's uh, you know hockey, basketball, uh, baseball, or football. What what are what, what when you, when you look back on your career, Mark? What what's going to stand out at this point? Well, the opportunities, uh, they weren't uh, broadcast per se, but because of the broadcast, afforded me the opportunity to emcee many of those big receptions for Grey Cup winning teams down at City Hall. That's uh, pretty amazing because here's a total coincidence for you. When the Stamps won in 1971, I went down to it. I talked my way out of school, went down to it. Decades later, I found out Greg Peterson did the same thing. So we were in the same building at the same time for the same purpose, but obviously he had no clue about it or anything like that. Maybe I was that annoying guy that was leaning on him from behind and he didn't know it. But uh, anyway, so those would be those ones. Uh, obviously, there's been many, many memorable games. The opportunity to, you know, send the Stampeders off to the Grey Cup or some of the great achievements. I mean, Dave Dickinson, when he played, setting up Alan Pitts and uh, some of the great plays of Nick Lewis and uh, John Corner. So there's been an awful lot those are some of the the real real highlights i went back to hockey i mean as i say we played a game seven Mm. that year lost on a very bizarre play but nonetheless uh you know the chance to uh, go to a memorial cup is almost unheard of and that team was within minutes of doing just that Live radio, all these years, there's obviously going to be some embarrassing moments. Uh, so, so um, you know, not to put you on the spot, Mark, but I, I'm sure you've had your share. So uh, what, what stands up? Well, just sometimes that, uh, you know, things, not much is happening. You're trying to make it up, and you, you kind of get a little tongue-tied. I can't say there's been any uh, spoonerisms, which I won't uh, you know, <laughs> inadvertently flip-flop letters and uh, phrases and things like that. I have to say I haven't uh, really done any of those. Uh, you know, I guess uh, there'd be times when you just weren't as well prepared as you'd like to be and maybe were, uh, you know, a little less than uh, coherent sounding and had to make stuff up. But uh, those would be probably the, the most notable ones or when something goes wrong and you you get a little frustrated. I do remember one time when uh, I had four interviews lined up and all of them crashed. So try doing two hours without uh, four oh, interviews no. that you had planned. So that was, that was it. I can't say I've said anything. I mean, uh, you know, I won't get into the what a towering kick is. We'll steer clear of that one. But anyway, that's <laughs> another story. But uh, nothing quite like that. But, uh, you know, some awkward moments for sure. Sure. F- fair enough. You know, and, 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 I, and I guess, you know, and again, some people know this, some people don't. Uh, you, you also had a detached retina. And when you're a play-by-play yeah. guy and your eyesight is your livelihood, uh, th- that was probably the most difficult time for you, I would think, as play-by-play oh. voice of the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, by far. It was a game on an afternoon against uh, Montreal, and something happened as soon as I got in the booth. I said, why is everything so bright? What's going on here? And uh, I put my glasses on, but there was just it just wasn't, uh, uh, you know, diminishing the uh, light, so I was just kind of uh, a little frustrated with what was going on. I didn't know what was happening, but I figured we'd start out with what was going on, and then... Uh, it got better. The vision got uh, virtually as it should be. So I guess I figured whatever the ailment was, it was gone. Then it would become a problem again, and then it would uh, become okay again. But obviously, that's the way the world should work. What was going on, as I now know, is the retina had come off of its moorings in your eye and was drifting back to its natural state and drifting away. So sometimes you could see perfectly. Sometimes you could hardly see at all. Wow. So I knew something was really wrong, and... Uh, Right after the game, we went to the hospital, and they said, get back in here tomorrow morning. 
uh, you know, and uh, I underwent surgery right away. So uh, those things happen, but uh, mm. all I can say is, I guess it was. I'm glad it happened during a game. Uh, you know, if it had to happen, as opposed to driving on Highway Two to Sylvan Lake or something mm. like that, and uh, driving with uh, one eye and one eye that was clearly in distress. Well, and and that's where I was going to go because really, Mark, you don't miss a lot of games, and and over the years, obviously, you're 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 a pros pro. But you know, in a situation yeah. like that, you're going to miss games. So, so how many oh, games? Yeah. How many games have you have you missed in your career? Two. Just that two. was one. <laughs> the other one was. Uh, uh, because of a long, previously planned wedding, and I even told the people in the wedding, I said, there's a chance this might conflict with football, and it conflicted with football, but I made the commitment a long time ago. So that was it. Uh, there's been a few times when it's been close. I would say that there's been a few times I'm glad we don't run a hockey schedule, you know, where you play one night in Calgary, then the next night in Vancouver, because I promise you there wouldn't have been a next night in Vancouver. So that was good. We got the break there. There's been a few nights where it's been tough. But uh, you know what? If you sleep, drink water, and uh, don't get into too much trouble, uh, you know, hopefully good things will happen. And by and large, I guess they have. I wanted to keep this interview as natural as possible, so I didn't prep you with the question. So I may put you on the spot on this one. Tell me something that I don't know about Mark Stephen. Oh, I don't know. I guess I spend a lot of time uh, maybe at the library uh, doing some reading and getting books and stuff like that and uh, take out books. Most people don't really know that. And yeah. uh, uh, I enjoy Mexican food, which uh, most people don't know either. So okay. there'll be uh, okay. a couple things. And, uh, you know, I go to these cities after you get the work done. I try to go to different spots and uh, wander around and uh, see what's going on in the city. I, I don't mind... Uh, you know, just getting on the train and uh, going somewhere just to hang out and see what goes on in these other cities. So uh, just a few different things like that. So. Okay, okay, so besides Calgary, you can't use Calgary. Uh, what's your, what's your yeah. favorite uh, city in Canada in the Canadian Football League to uh, to go to? Probably Ottawa. It's uh, just so much uh, heritage and so many great, uh, you know, monuments to Canada and the country and walking by Parliament Hill and, you know, you walk around the corner and there's the Salvadoran embassy uh, right there and uh, just so much history, heritage, and uh, official uh, Canada that's there. It's uh, it's really neat. Uh, Montreal and Toronto aren't too far behind, but probably Ottawa just because it's uh, it is. It's just all these sites, scenes, and things you see only on television, and uh, they're right there. You can walk up to the tomb of the uh, unknown soldier, and you walk right up to Parliament Hill, and. Uh, things like that. So it's uh, it's really uh, very exciting. Uh, the National War Memorial, just all kinds of things uh, all over the place. Uh, there's a little more security than there is in Calgary, I can tell you that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you walk onto Parliament Hill and, uh, you know, the Mounties got their back to you, it turns around and there's a machine gun. It's not, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of security concern here, but overall go. it's very nice. Okay, I, I'm almost out of time here. So what's uh, what, what's the worst city to go to? You know, and that can be from a broadcast perspective, whatever the case may be, uh, which city is, is not high on your list? Well, strictly from a broadcast point of view, um, and I get sick of people dumping on McMahon Stadium because anytime you're in Montreal, you know you're in the worst stadium in the league, and that includes the broadcast facilities. They're way, way out there and a terrible little box. So uh, probably Montreal from a broadcast viewpoint. Um, When we stay in downtown Hamilton, that's uh, a city that could use a little pick-me-up. Okay, a lot of a pick-me-up. Outside of downtown, it's fine. It's a a nice enough place. But we've stayed mostly in downtown Hamilton. And uh, let's just say uh, somebody better remind them that uh, the 50s have ended because that's about what downtown Hamilton is. It's uh, a little behind the times there. Mark, this has been so much fun getting to know uh, the voice of the Calgary Stampeders a little bit better. Uh, thanks so much for your time, and uh, and you just have a great rest of the season here for the Calgary Stampeders. 
capped off with what we hope is a home grade cup win. That would be a real, real milestone. And if we did this in a year from now, that would be unquestionably the highlight. That's all the time we have this week on the Calgary Stampeder podcast. We'll catch you again next Thursday. In the meantime, please take the time out to rate us, let you know what you think about what we're doing out here. Feel free to send us story ideas. We'd like to do stories that you want to hear on the Stampeder podcast. And remember, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. For Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe. That's the Calgary Stampeder podcast. <laughs>